For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. Hi, it's the Reading Bug, here to tell you that today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and their new book from three-time Newbery Honor recipient, Christina Soontornbat. The book is Legends of Lotus Island, The Guardian Test, and we can't wait to share more about this book for ages 8 to 12 with you at the end of this episode. Thanks to Scholastic for their ongoing support of Reading Bug Adventures. Hi, reader. It's time for Season 10 of Reading Bug Adventures, written, performed, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. We've been hearing from fans across the USA and the world asking when our next adventure would be, and we've loved seeing all of your artwork, and now it hangs in our bookstore for all to see. You can send your art via email to talkback at readingbugadventures.com or snail mail to The Reading Bug at 785 Laurel Street, San Carlos, California, 94070. And we know many of you have been stopping by our bookstore on your spring breaks, and we can't wait to see more of you in person over the summer. If you can't make it in person to our bookstore, don't worry. You can shop from millions of books and gifts for kids and grown-ups at our bookstore website, thereadingbug.com. If you want a perfectly personalized gift online, shop for book subscriptions at readingbugbox.com. Unlike other subscription boxes, Reading Bug Box includes a selection of books that are handpicked by me or other expert staff members and personalized to the unique age, interests, and reading level of each reader. As the reader's skill and interests change, so do the books we pick. Whichever you choose, readingbugbox.com or thereadingbug.com, we thank you for your support. We need you to keep our podcast and our local independent bookstore running. Isn't it great that you can support small local business from far away? Thank you also to our sponsors and patrons, past, present, and future. You're a part of what makes the Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron and support our work, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another adventure with me and the Reading Bug? Great! Then let's fly! It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure! It's a Reading Bug Adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. Welcome back. I'm so, so glad you decided to join us for another Reading Bug adventure. If we haven't met on one of our past adventures, it's wonderful to meet you now. I wonder what magical adventure the reading bug has planned for us today. She should be here any minute. I've learned by now that she's usually running a little late. Do you see her anywhere, reader? Lauren, reader, I'm here, I'm here. And I guarantee you that I didn't forget about our adventure. I just got caught up in another great book. (laughs) No problem, reading bug. You haven't missed one of our adventures yet, though you are usually a little late. But I am curious where we'll be going on our adventure today. I brought all the gear that you asked me to bring with me, scuba equipment and climbing shoes. But that's a pretty weird combination, isn't it, reader? 
Scuba equipment is for exploring underwater, where there's no oxygen to breathe. But you don't need climbing shoes when you're swimming. And climbing shoes are used for scaling hills or mountains. But we wouldn't need scuba equipment way up there. (laughs) You're right, Lauren. But we do need both for our adventure today. I promise, this adventure is going to be a real treat. Why don't I give you a few clues? I'll tell you the titles of some of the books in my book bag, and you can guess where we'll be going on our adventures. Okay, great. Today I brought... Billy and the Minpins by Roald Dahl, Stuck by Oliver Jeffers, The Night Gardener by the Fan Brothers, Because of an Acorn by Lola M. and Adam Schaefer, and Big Tree by Brian Selznick. I think I'm even more confused now. Let me see. Billy and the Minpins is about a boy who explores a dark forest and discovers tiny people named Minpins who are being eaten by a ferocious monster named Gruncher. Right, Bug? That would definitely be an adventure, but it sounds a bit scary. That's right, Lauren. And Stuck is about a boy whose kite is stuck in a tree, but everything he throws up to knock the kite out of the tree keeps getting stuck up in the tree, too. It's really funny. What were the other books? In The Night Gardener, a mysterious nighttime gardener brightens up a dreary town when he starts turning trees into a magical kingdom of animals. Oh, and the last two are also about nature. Because of an acorn explains how even a tiny acorn is connected to every other living thing. And Big Tree is a beautiful new fantasy. It's my family read-aloud pick of 2023, about trees. It talks about how we are all like trees with strong roots. So, all the books have something to do with nature then. Right, Bug? That's right. Reader, can you figure out where we're going based on those clues? You're right. I can't figure it out either. We've already been on a garden adventure before. Are we planning on going back? I think you may be barking off the wrong tree. Should I give you another clue? Bark? Tree. If I know you, Reading Bug, and I do, those must be clues too. On second thought, All of the books in your bag weren't just about nature, were they? That's right. They were all stories about trees. Are we going somewhere with lots of trees, Bug? Yes, yes, yes. You're so, so close. But there are three trillion trees on our planet. You still need to guess where we're going and what we are going to do today. We've already been on amazing adventures to Australia, the Amazon, and African rainforests. Are we going to visit a different forest in a different place? You're getting warmer. Yes. In fact, we're not going very far. We're going to visit a mother oak tree in our very own regional forest, only a few miles from here. We're going to visit a tree? That sounds nice, Bug, but doesn't sound very adventurous. I didn't say a tree. I said a mother tree. Mother trees are the largest and strongest trees in the forest. They're like forest royalty, Lauren. Mother trees are kings of forest trees, just like lions are kings of jungle animals? That's right, Lauren. On today's adventure, we'll be visiting forest royalty. But our adventure is going to be even cooler, because we're not just going for a visit. We're not? No. We'll be going on a journey inside the mother tree. Inside? Like when we went inside the human body? Exactly. Our trip inside the human body was exciting, but that's because there was so much to see. The heart, brain, lungs, stomach, nerves, muscles, and bones, not to mention miles and miles of blood vessels. The inside of a tree sounds a lot less interesting to me. Isn't it just... wood? Not at all. I've been reading a lot about trees, Lauren, and there's much more to trees than the trunk, branches, leaves, and roots. For example, did you know that... 
Ages ago, before dinos roamed the land, trees had already taken their stand. With their roots dug deep and their branches high, they defied the ages as they reached for the sky. For every person who walks on the earth, there are 422 trees of worth. Each continent boasts these verdant hosts, except for Antarctica's icy coast. And for earthly creatures like you and me, trees are much more than scenery. They give us oxygen, which all of us need, from the biggest elephant to the tiniest weed. We all should cherish these wise ancient beings who have lived and thrived through all life's dealings. Trees have seen it all and still they stand. Trees, the oldest creatures on the land. Well, when you say it like that, Bug, it does sound pretty exciting. Today, we're going to use the magic in my book bag and our powerful imagination, of course, to shrink us all to the size of tiny wood mites. You'll be no bigger than the tip of a sharp pencil. Reading Bug. You've never taken us anywhere that didn't turn out to be amazing, so I'm sure this adventure will be too. And at least this trip doesn't sound very dangerous. As a small bug myself, I must warn you that danger lurks everywhere when you are the size of a teeny tiny bug. Trees are home to lots and lots of living creatures. They nest on their branches, burrow between their roots, and lay eggs on their leaves. Almost all of these creatures could eat or squash us. There are scary spiders, ravenous ravens, omnivorous owls, carnivorous caterpillars, bloodthirsty bats, and more. Spiders? Ravens? Bats? Oh my! I guess everything is more dangerous when you're tiny. What do you think, reader? Are you ready to go adventuring inside a mother oak tree today? Reading bug! Lauren! Reader! Wait! Wait for me! Oh, I'm so glad you're still here. I was afraid I'd missed you. Uh, hello? Do we know you? I don't think we've met before, so... How did you know our names? Are you a friend of the Reading Bugs? I don't know her either. Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Rowan Green. I'm a distant cousin of Marina's. Do you remember her? You adventured with her once in Hawaii. She is a research assistant for Kai, the marine biologist. Marina was the one who suggested that I ask if I could join you on today's adventure. Of course we remember Marina, but how did Marina know where we'd be? Marina and I stay in touch. Oh, well... Then maybe a better question is, why did Marina suggest that you join us today? Oh, well, that's a long story, but I'll make it as short as I can. Marina comes from the thalassophile side of our family tree. Thalassophile? Thalassophiles are people who love the ocean, Lauren. Remember, Marina's grandmother always told her that their family loved the ocean because they were descended from Poseidon, the Greek god of the ocean. That's right. And my side of our family tree are nemophilists. That's a word I'm sure I've never heard. (laughs) That's because it isn't used very much anymore. But nemophilists are people who love trees, woods, and forests. I'm beginning to see why Marina thought you might like our adventure today. Nemophilists are sometimes called haunters of the woods because we like to spend so much time in them. Our side of the family was descended from Poseidon's brother, Zeus, and his son, Pan, the god of forests. That's probably why I love trees so much. I decided to study dendrology. That's the science of trees. (laughs) The love of trees is in my blood. We'd love to have you join our adventure, Rowan. That's wonderful. Thank you. I told Marina that I dreamed the mother tree in our forest talked to me and asked me to help figure out what is making the forest sick. So when I learned about your adventure, I just had to come along. I read in Forest Bath Right Down This Path by Lisa Robinson that lots of people who love forests like to go forest bathing. Have you ever taken a forest bath? People take baths in the forest? 
I'm not sure we should be talking about that with our reader friend here, Bug. <laughs> forest bathing isn't what you think it is. No actual bath is required. Forest bathing is when you walk slowly through a forest, taking in the atmosphere through all your senses and enjoying the benefits that come from such a walk. That's right, Reading Bug. Scientists have confirmed that forest bathing can reduce our stress, anxiety, depression, and anger, strengthen our immune systems, and improve our overall health and well-being. And yes, Reading Bug, I love to go forest bathing. Actually, after I dreamed that the mother tree talked to me, I went forest bathing. And while I was enjoying my walk through the forest, I heard something else. I thought it might be the breeze blowing through the trees, or an animal rustling in the branches on the ground as it made its way through the forest. So I sat down under the mother oak to listen more carefully. That's when I realized that the mother tree was talking to me again. This time she said, Rowan Green, can you hear me? I am the mother oak and I'm asking you please. Talking to humans is usually taboo, but I'm breaking our rule because I need to. Something's amiss, we are all feeling ill. We need you to find the cause and we hope that you will. Are you up to the task? We hope and we pray that you'll find the culprit, come whatever may. Please say yes, that you'll agree to fight, to restore health to our forest with all your might. Wait, Rowan, you lost me. Are you saying that one of the trees was talking to you? Everyone knows the trees can't talk. I know it sounds crazy, and maybe I nodded off and was dreaming. But then again, most people would say that bugs can't talk, and here we are. Having a conversation with a talking ladybug. Touché. I'm still not sure I believe in talking trees, but we are going to visit the forest today. Maybe we can help you figure out what's making the trees sick. After all, we were able to solve the mystery of the missing flowers on our garden adventure. Did Marina tell you that we're going to shrink until we are small enough to journey inside the mother oak? Since you're studying about trees, you'd be a great guide. Please join us. Yes, I'd love to be your guide. No one in the world has ever been able to roam around inside a tree before. I know a lot about trees, and the regional forest is one of my favorite haunts. And people come from all over to camp, hike, picnic, watch and listen to the birds, collect cones and leaves, and take pictures of all the plants and wildlife. While we are on our adventure, let's all listen carefully to see if we can hear the trees talking and understand what they're trying to tell us. That's a great idea, Reading Bug. What do you say, Reader? Do you want to go on a tree adventure with the reading bug and Rowan? Great! Now, since it looks like we'll be hiking, climbing, and even swimming today, it's probably a good idea for us all to get stretched out before we get started. Follow me. Stand up, unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle your fingers and toes like this. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Thanks for the stretch it, Lauren. I feel as tall and strong as a tree and ready for this exciting adventure. But before we start, we should all put on the climbing shoes that I asked you to bring. Okay, Bug. Reader, let's lace these shoes up, up nice and tight over our socks. Great job. I think we're ready to start our adventure, don't you? 
But before we get going, I want to make sure that you remember to bring some paper and crayons with you. I'm sure that we'll see lots of things on our tree adventure that we'll want to draw. And pictures are how we retell the story of our adventures after we return to our homes, just like the illustrators of our favorite books. As we travel, think about what you want to draw so that you can capture the important parts of our adventure for your friends and family to see. If you didn't remember paper and crayons, don't worry. Just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you and get them now. Reader, Rowan, and I will be lacing up our climbing shoes while we wait right here for you. At the end of today's adventure, we'll take time to draw the pictures that are in our imaginations. But of course, you can color anytime you want by pausing our podcast. Okay, if everyone is ready for our adventure, I'll ask my magic book bag to take us there. Stand back, everyone. Magic book bag, take us on a ride to visit a tree and to journey inside. Please use your magic to make us all small. We know this adventure will be a ball. Our journey awaits and we won't be thwarted. We're ready to go. Now it's time to get started. Look, reader. The reading bug is opening up her magic book bag, and it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all inside. Can you see all the images swirling around inside the book bag? I see trees and more trees everywhere. There are pine trees with thick, rough bark and spiky green needles. Palm trees with tall, slender, smooth trunks, no branches, and large spreading leaves at the top. Acacia trees with green crowns that look like open umbrellas. Magnolia trees with large, shiny green leaves and fragrant white flowers. Orange trees and apple trees and grapefruit trees, too. I see all kinds of animals nesting and eating and resting under the trees. Woodpeckers, owls, squirrels, crows, deer, foxes, giraffes, mice, bunnies, gophers, snakes, and moles. Floating among the trees, there are lots and lots of words that I don't recognize. Words like photosynthesis, xylem, phloem, osmosis, mycorrhizae, and mycelium. Everybody ready? Great! Then, on the count of three, let's all hop into the magic book bag together. Ready? One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Here we go. The book bag is taking us up, up, up into the sky and over the billowy white clouds. Reader, reading bug, look outside. Our homes and schools and parks are getting smaller and smaller as we travel higher and higher into the air. As we soar above the earth, I can feel the bag getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as it is getting smaller and smaller, so are we. Even the reading bug is shrinking. (laughs) Shrinking tickles. (laughs) It sure does. It tickles a lot because we are all shrinking a lot. And just like that, it looks like we're coming in for a landing. Everybody hold on tight. The reading bug's book bag has done its magic. The sounds have stopped and the lights aren't spinning anymore. Let's climb out of the book bag to see where we landed. Follow me. Amazing. Everything looks different when you're the size of a tiny wood mite. But I think your book bag has landed us close to the trunk of the mother tree on a large branch. This tree looks gigantic, gargantuan. 
taller and more massive than the tallest building I've ever seen. And from the branch where we're standing, the ground below looks as far away as the basin of the Grand Canyon looks when you're standing at the top. Welcome to my world, Rowan. A tree seems as large to a tiny bug as the moon would be to a person, and just as mysterious and treacherous. Before we go move on, I want to tell you more about what we are going to see. Together with the roots below, heartwood in the center of the trunk of the tree provides support for it as it grows. Branches produce buds, flowers, and leaves, as well as seeds that grow into more trees. Chlorophyll makes the leaves green and assists with a process called photosynthesis. That's what makes sugar a tree's daily bread. From there, sugar flows through the tubes in the trunk to spread food to branches, leaves, and roots as they grow, and all the way down to the roots far below. So you see, a tree is much more than all of its parts. As the parts work together, they create nature's art. Let's walk to the end of the branch to get a closer look at the buds and the leaves. Great idea, Lauren. As we walk, take a look around. Mature oak trees like this mother tree are often between 60 and 100 feet tall. That's as tall as a six-story building. The branch we are walking on is halfway up the tree, which means we are between 30 and 50 feet from the forest floor. When you look up, you can see humongous branches growing above us, and when you look down, you can see humongous branches growing beneath us. Each of these big branches has many smaller branches growing out of it. At the end of the branches, there are green buds as well as leaves that have already unfolded. Does this tree look healthy to you, Rowan? On recent visits, I've noticed dead branches on some of the trees and even a few large cracks in their trunks. The new leaves on the trees are turning brown and dropping to the ground. These are signs that the trees are stressed. But this mother oak isn't showing any of those signs, yet. I also haven't seen any beetles or beetle eggs on this branch. That's a big relief because a bark beetle infestation can kill a tree, and it's almost impossible to get rid of beetles once they have invaded. I don't see any white spots on the branch either. Spotty is also a symptom that a tree is stressed. Overall, I'd say that this branch and the other parts of the tree that I can see from here look pretty healthy. Hey, do you hear something? It sounds like the pitter-patter of rain, but it's not raining. So what could it be? You're right, Bug. I wonder what that could be. It's... Oh! Yikes! Rowan! What's that yellowish-green creature crawling toward us? It's as big as a truck, but it's alive and it doesn't have any tires! It's hard to tell when you're this small, but I'm pretty sure that's an oak tree caterpillar, Lauren. Lots of people think that pitter-patter you're hearing is the sound of oak tree caterpillars munching on leaves, but it's actually the sound of the poop from hundreds, maybe thousands of these caterpillars as it falls from the tree onto the ground below. Wait, that sound is... Ew. Sure, it's yucky, but the good news is that the oak tree caterpillars are vegetarians, and that means we don't have to worry too much about them hurting us. In fact, oak tree caterpillars are very picky eaters. They only eat the buds and leaves of oak trees. But we still need to stay out of its way. We don't want to get run over. And be careful where you step. If you slip and fall from this height, you could... Whoa! Rowan! Rowan! Reader, Bug, did you see? Rowan just slipped and fell off the branch. Oh no, a fall from way up here could be... Whoa! Rowan? Yeah? You're... you're back, but you just... Slipped and fell off the branch, yeah. But if you... fell, how are you back? I... I don't know. One minute I was falling, but then I landed on the leaf at the end of a branch below this one. 
The branch lifted me upward, and the leaf then curled to form a shoot. I slid down and landed right back here. Then I heard the tree whisper to me again. It whispered? But I didn't hear anything. Yeah, this time it said, Rowan, you are the chosen one, a descendant of the tree god's son. You are the one who is destined to be the savior of Earth's plants and trees. Today is the day that your fight begins, and it cannot end until you win. Did this really happen, or was I dreaming again? I mean, I wish I could save the Earth's plants and trees, but I'm just one scientist who studies trees. I'm no arborist avenger. All I know is that one minute you were falling, and the next you were back. If it wasn't the mother tree herself that rescued you, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Rowan, even if you can't rescue all the Earth's plants and trees, maybe you can rescue this forest today. And we're here to help you. That's right. In fact, I said something similar to your cousin Marina. When you see something wrong that needs to be made right, don't feel weak and helpless, use your powers to fight. Don't be afraid, hear these words that I say. The courage deep inside you will help lead the way. There's a superhero inside of you, and there's also one in me. They're in there waiting patiently for us to set them free. I like that, Lauren. Though I'm not sure there's a superhero inside of me, but I do want to find out what's making this forest sick. Us too. Let's get started. Tell us the plan, Rowan. Okay. If we want to get to the root of the problem, then we'll all need to begin by going inside the trunk. Inside the trunk? But how? The trunk may look like nothing but solid wood to you, but it actually has five layers. That's right, Bug. And each of those five layers plays a different role. The first layer is the bark. Bark protects what's inside the tree the same way that skin protects the bones, muscles, and organs inside our bodies. Just like we may get a hole in our skin if it's scratched or scraped, or when it is cut or punctured by a sharp object, holes or cracks in bark can be made by insects, woodpeckers, or even a lightning strike. We are going to crawl through one of these holes in the bark, just like a bark beetle does, to get to the next layer of the tree, which is called phloem. Phloem? What's that? Phloem is a layer of the trunk that is made up of tube-like structures. Just like our blood vessels carry blood oxygen to the organs and other parts of our body to provide them with the oxygen and nutrients they need, these tubes in the phloem transport a watery mix of food and nutrients to feed all of the other parts of the tree. So the bark of the tree is like our skin, and the phloem tubes are like our blood vessels. Right. What's the next layer? Just like our bodies have to constantly generate new cells to replace the old ones, a tree needs to generate new cells too. That's what happens in the next layer of the trunk, the cambium, which is the thinnest layer. It's so thin that you would need a microscope to really see the cambium layer well. Our bodies create new cells from existing cells, and the cambium creates new cells that make the trunk, branches, and roots of the tree grow thicker each year. The layer after that is called the xylem, right, Rowan? Right. The xylem has thick-walled cells that form a pipeline to carry water and minerals up the tree from the roots. When the water reaches the leaves, the leaves produce the tree's food through a process called photosynthesis. I've read all about photosynthesis. It's a chemical process that takes place inside plant leaves using carbon dioxide that the leaves breathe in and water that's soaked up from the tree's roots, 
Light energy from the sun then forms a chemical reaction to convert the carbon dioxide and water into oxygen and a kind of sugar called glucose. The oxygen is released back into the air and the glucose is what the plant uses to feed itself. Exactly right! And, finally, the fifth and innermost layer of the trunk is the heartwood. It's the thickest layer, and it is created when sapwood dies and slowly changes into heartwood. The heartwood is dead, but it's very strong because it works with the roots in the ground to support the weight of the rest of the tree as it grows bigger and taller. So the heartwood is sort of like our bones, because our bones support our bodies as we grow bigger and stronger, and the roots are like our feet, because that's what stabilizes us? That's a great way to think about it, Lauren. As you can see, the inside of a tree is as fascinating as the inside of our bodies. Wow! I sure was wrong when I said I didn't think visiting a tree would be an adventure. It sounds like this adventure will be tremendous! Are we going to travel through the tubes in the tree just like we traveled through the blood vessels on our inner space adventure through the human body? We are. Yes. Remember, I told you the phloem tubes take the sugar water from the leaves all the way to the roots? Just think of them as a down elevator. And the xylem tubes take water from the roots up to the leaves. That's the up elevator. But there's still one more problem we need to solve. Can you guess what it is? I know. The up and down elevators are filled with water, so we won't be able to breathe. That's why I asked Lauren to bring scuba equipment with her on our adventure. Just like our adventure inside the human body, I brought wetsuits, oxygen tanks, and helmets with radios installed inside them, so we can talk to one another while we're inside the tree. I'll hitch a ride inside your helmet, Lauren, since there aren't any bug-sized suits. You're super well-prepared. That scuba equipment is exactly what we need. Great! Then, reader, let's get ready for this amazing adventure by pulling on our special wetsuits. Attaching our oxygen tanks. And putting on our helmets. Great work! This gear fits perfectly. Testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me now, Lauren? Oh, yes, I hear you, Rowan. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Lauren. That's because you're inside my helmet with me, Reading Bug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reader, Rowan, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Now all we have to do is crawl through this crack in the bark to reach the phloem tubes. The crack is narrow and has some sharp edges, so be careful not to tear your wetsuit as you make your way through it. Okay, reader. Let's wiggle our way through the crack. Are you wiggling? Great job! Great work, everyone. We made it through. Look! I can see the phloem tubes. But how do we get inside them? The phloem elevator doesn't have a door. We're going to have to make our own door, Bug. How can we create a door? Using our imaginations, of course. That's right, Bug. We are going to enter the phloem tube the same way that water molecules enter them, through a process called osmosis. I read about osmosis. Osmosis takes place when there are a lot of things that are taking up a small amount of space, and then some of those things move to a less crowded space through a barrier that lets them in. Exactly. The phloem tube lets water molecules move from outside the tube, where there are lots of water molecules all crowded together, to inside the tube, which doesn't have as many water molecules. Since we are all on the outside of the tube, and there are no tiny people or ladybugs on the inside, I'm hoping we'll be able to osmose our way into the tube just like water does. I have an idea. Let's close our eyes and imagine we're floating through the wall of the tube, just like a ghost moves through the walls. Are your eyes closed, reader? Great. Now, can you feel that we are getting lighter and lighter? So light that we're floating through the air. I'm 
feeling light as a feather, lighter even. Now, let's imagine ourselves floating right through the walls of the tube and into the inside. It worked! Congratulations, everyone. We made it inside the tube faster than I could say boo. It did work. And now the water flow is taking us down our phloem tube elevator. This is more fun than a water slide. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I guess that ride is over. We've stopped moving. Where are we now, Rowan? Like you said when the book bag landed, there's only one way to find out. Let's make like a ghost again and osmose ourselves out of the phloem tube. Wherever we are, it's much drier here on the outside than it was inside the tube. I think we made it all the way down to the Mother Oak's roots, below the forest floor. It's drier here than it was in the tube, but I'm not sure there's enough oxygen for us to breathe, so let's keep our oxygen tanks on. It's so dark I can barely see. Good thing I brought a flashlight. I'll turn it on. We must have landed somewhere in the ground underneath the Mother Tree. Reading bug, Rowan, do you hear that? I do, but what is it? I'm not sure, but it reminds me of something. Maybe from a past adventure? Do you know what it is, Reader? You're right, Lauren. It's something I remember from one of our past adventures, too. But what is it? Hey, look, it's... Ants! Company, hold! Hello, I'm Helga, and I'm here to pump you... Oh, is it really you, Lauren, Reading Bug? I'm so happy to see you. Helga? Helga the ant? We haven't seen you since our garden adventure. What are you doing here in the forest? Welcome to our new home. Well, it's home for some of us anyway. We live here at the base of the mother tree. But some of us, including my very strong sister, have left for other colonies. I miss her terribly. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Why? Someone or something is digging holes in the forest floor and filling them with chemicals and other toxins that are damaging the wood and making it difficult for trees to share food and communicate with each other. When trees are stressed, all of the animals that depend on them also suffer. I read that a tree's underground root system is usually as big as the parts of the tree that live above the ground. Trees need lots of roots because the roots help keep the trunk keep the tree from tipping over. It takes a lot of roots to keep an 100-foot tree from tipping over. Roots aren't the only thing that live in the ground underneath a tree. There are lots of other creatures, including earthworms, centipedes, and bigger creatures like gophers and bunnies. Do, uh, spiders live in the underground too? A few spiders live underground, yes. But why do you ask? Because everywhere I look, for as far as I can see, there are thin white strands. It looks like hundreds of busy spiders have been weaving their thin white strands of silk covering the outside of the roots and even in between the roots. The strands are so fine and delicate, they look like lace. There must be millions of these thread-like strands just in the small area that I can see from here. Those strands aren't made by spiders. They are fungi. They don't look very fun. Aren't mushrooms fungi? Are fungi just... A different type of plant? Fungi are different from plants because they don't have the ability to use the sun's energy to create their own food. When fungi called mycorrhizae grow in the forest, they send out the thin white strands that you're looking at, Lauren. 
All of these strands, or filaments, are connected into a net-like web called a mycelium. The mycelium of a single fungus can connect many plants and trees, and can also connect with other mycorrhizae, to form an even larger network that connects much larger populations of trees and plants. Scientists call these fungal networks the Wood Wide Web. <laughs> Did you say Wood Wide Web? Don't you mean World Wide Web? No, I really do mean Wood Wide Web. The World Wide Web is the information space that people use to share resources and communicate with each other on the internet. Scientists call the fungi networks the Wood Wide Web because they perform a similar function to the World Wide Web by allowing trees, plants, and fungi to share resources and communicate with each other. What kinds of resources do the trees, plants, and fungi share? The mycorrhizae absorb more water and more nutrients, like phosphorus and magnesium, than a tree can. On the other hand, fungi can't make the sugar that they need to grow. So, the fungi bring water and nutrients to the roots of trees and plants and, in return, they take up to one-third of the sugar manufactured by those trees and plants. And that's not all the Wood Wide Web does. It's also a sugar delivery service, letting trees send sugar back and forth to other trees in the same network. If one of the mother oak tree seedlings can't manufacture enough sugar because it is growing in a shady part of the forest, the mother tree can share her sugar with that seedling. Trees can also communicate with nearby trees about dangers like insect infestations, so that the nearby trees can prepare to defend themselves before the insects arrive. The trees communicate? They may not be able to talk like you and me, but they certainly can communicate with each other. And who knows what other information they may be sharing on the Wood Wide Web, an internet made out of fungus. The Wood Wide Web is a powerful communications tool, but it's also fragile and can be easily damaged. Climate change, drought, and mechanical disruption like tilling or even too much walking on the forest floor can tear up their delicate, lacy underground web. And insecticides, herbicides, and other toxic chemicals can kill them outright. Maybe that's what's wrong with the forest. Maybe that's why the trees are getting sick. Helga said that somebody was dumping toxic chemicals, didn't she? Yeah! We're going to need to get back to the forest to see who the culprit is then. I can take you up to the surface. My big, strong legs will dig our way. Remember, I climb and carry all day long. That's how you know I am very strong. But first, how about a rest? My colony and I can serenade you while you gather your strength for the rest of your adventures. That's a great idea, Helga. Except for the singing. I'm a little tired, and we need to be well-rested as we hunt for whoever or whatever may be dumping garbage in the forest. I'll play some music while we draw illustrations of everything that we've seen so far. I think I'll draw a picture of this beautiful oak tree and some of the animals that live in or around it, like a bird nest with a couple of hungry babies waiting for their mother, a brown owl with a large round head, big eyes, and a downward-facing beak peeking out of a hole in the trunk. Oh, and some brown and gray squirrels with slender bodies and bushy tails, burying acorns in the ground. And I'll draw a brown snake with faint yellow stripes, a flat head, and large yellow eyes, slithering on the ground underneath the tree. That's very detailed, Bug. What are you going to draw, reader? Whatever you draw, I'm sure it will be incredible. And when we return for part two, we'll return to our normal size and hunt for whatever or whoever is digging holes in the forest floor and filling them with garbage. It may be difficult, and it may even be dangerous, but I know we'll be successful because... When you're a reader, 
You're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane, build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true: there's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Thank you for joining us on our adventure today, reader. And I can't wait to see you next time. In the meantime, if you want to read more about trees, you can find a list of all the books in the Reading Bugs book bag at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. Hi, Reading Bug. Lauren, I'm so glad you're here. I have a question for you. Sure. Well, a few questions, actually. Do you love stories about animals? Of course I do. How about stories about magic? Reading Bug, you know I do. And I bet you like the power to change the world. Well, yes, but... Lauren, this book has all of that and more. Legends of Lotus Island, The Guardian Test is the first book in a captivating new fantasy series for young readers from the three-time Newbery Honor recipient Christina Suntornbath. Young Plum is shocked to discover that she's been accepted to the Guardian Academy on Lotus Island, an elite school where kids learn how to transform into guardians, magical creatures who are sworn to protect the natural world. The Guardian Masters teach Plum and her friends how to communicate with animals and how to use meditation to strengthen their minds and their bodies. Plum struggles at school. While their classmates begin to transform into amazing creatures, Plum can't even seem to magic up a single feather. If she can't embrace her inner animal form soon, she'll have to leave school and lose the first group of real friends she's ever known. Reading Bug, this sounds super exciting and also a super accessible fantasy for young readers who are not quite ready for Wings of Fire or the Rick Riordan Presents series. Yes, yes, yes! Lotus Island is an immersive fantasy world inspired by Southeast Asia and populated by compelling kid characters coming into their power. Read it. You can find Lotus Island by Christina Suntornbat at thereadingbug.com or your local bookstore. Be sure to check it out. Thanks to Scholastic for their ongoing support of Reading Bug Adventures. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, Brandon Savage, and Chesney Everett. Music is by me and Joe Murphy. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. 
So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.